This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1 and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with the news of the headlines. Education trade unionists held a two-hour warning strike to protest the government's salary policies. Romania's parliament gathered in solemn session to mark 75 years of Romanian-Israeli diplomatic ties. And President Klaus Johannes is attending in Reykjavik the Fourth Council of Europe summit. In Romania, education employees have organized a two-hour warning strike today. The unions have announced that the protest was one lag in the labor conflict triggered by the low wages and the lack of investment in the field. They are threatening to start an all-out strike on Monday, May 22nd. The line minister Lydia Deca and the trade union leaders have announced, after the talks they've had today, that the first meeting of the commission established to negotiate a new collective employment agreement in education will take place on Thursday. Romania is deeply committed to combating any form of extremism and hate speech at home and anywhere in the world and supports all European projects dedicated to combating anti-Semitism. The statement was made this morning by Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă at the solemn joint session of the Romanian Parliament, marking 75 years of uninterrupted diplomatic relations between Romania and the State of Israel. Israel is one of Romania's strongest and most important partners in the Middle East, but also the state with which we have an increasingly strengthened economic relationship. I think, however, that the potential of commercial exchanges is much higher, said Nikolai Chuka. Present at the meeting in Bucharest, the Speaker of the Israeli Parliament, Amir Ohana, stated that Romania was one of the first countries to recognize the State of Israel and took important steps to commemorate the Holocaust, which demonstrates its commitment to combating anti-Semitism. According to Amir Ohana, the ties between Romania and Israel are better than ever. The Social Democratic Party and the National Liberal Party, the major partners in the governing coalition in Romania, have established in separate meetings the negotiation conditions for the rotation of prime ministers. The current prime minister, Nicolae Ciucă, says he will announce his resignation on May 26, which will trigger the resignation of the entire government. The procedures for the appointment of the government headed by the Social Democratic leader, Marcel Ciolacu, will start right after that. The Liberals want a reduction of the number of state secretaries and undersecretaries, while preserving the protocol on which the governing coalition is based. The Social Democrats want lesser ministries, but also a lesser number of state secretaries and agencies. More on this after the news. At the Council of Europe summit in Reykjavik, Iceland, President Klaus Johannes chaired on Tuesday evening, together with the Prime Minister of Luxembourg, Xavier Bettel, 
the roundtable protecting democracy in trying times, risks, resilience and re-engagement. Klaus Johannes stated that through its illegal aggression against Ukraine, Russia flagrantly violated international law and seriously threatened the democratic system. He pointed out that this crisis, the most serious since the end of the Second World War, strengthened the unity and determination of the world democracies to defend their democratic way of life. By uniting in support of Ukraine and its citizens and in support of all those who fight for freedom, democracy and against intimidation, authoritarianism and tyranny. Today, on the second day of the Council of Europe summit, President Klaus Johannes will reiterate Romania's commitment to the system of the European Convention on Human Rights and will highlight the role that the Council of Europe has played in the 30 years of the country's membership of the organization to the consolidation of a stable and mature democracy. The Youth Orchestra of the European Union performs today in Timisoara as part of the Earth for All tour that started in Poland. After the concert in Romania, the orchestra will perform in Serbia, North Macedonia, Kosovo and Greece. According to the conductor of the orchestra, Daniel Roland, this tour reaches six important Eastern European cities, all with complex and often painful dramatic histories. Timisoara is the place where the anti-communist revolution in Romania started in 1989. Moreover, this year the city in the west of the country is a European capital of culture. Almost 80% of Romanians will choose European destinations this summer, and more than half of them are willing to spend no more than 300 euros for plane tickets. The plane remains the preferred means of transport for Romanians to travel this summer, according to a study published today. The criteria underlying the choice of the holiday destination are to find favorable prices for plane tickets to be a destination they have not been to before and to arrive quickly with a direct flight. And that was the news. Unhappy with what they regard as their humiliating salaries, Romanian teachers threaten to go on a general strike. I'm Cristina Matescu with this report by Stefan Stoica. The teaching and auxiliary staff in the Romanian education system have exhausted all legal forms of protest but the most radical one, namely striking. On Wednesday, they held a two-hour warning strike and are determined to go on a general strike next Monday, as decided in a poll in which 70% agreed to the strike unless their demands are met. Protesters basically want for their labor to be rewarded in keeping with its social importance, starting from the principle that the salary of a beginner teacher must be at least equal to the average salary. They also want the salaries of the teaching staff to grow progressively depending on the teacher's position, level of studies and other qualifications, and seniority, and for the salaries of public employees to be brought in line with the inflation rate on an annual basis. Other demands refer to the payment of extra hours performed by the auxiliary and non-teaching staff and relocation bonuses, bonuses for difficult working conditions, the payment of commuting costs, additional holiday and financial compensation for outstanding holidays. Last but not least, teachers want an annual growth of investments in education to improve schools' equipment and facilities. They say they began their protests in December 2022, 
and continued them in January, February, March, April, culminating in a rally on the 10th of May in Bucharest, attended by 15,000 people. But that the coalition government did not pay any heed to their demands, and the promises made were not fulfilled. Humiliating salaries, the collapse of the purchasing power, salary gaps with respect to management positions are just some of the problems faced by the employees in the education system, according to trade unions. A big question mark hangs at this moment as to what will happen to the national exams, the evaluation for admission to high school and the baccalaureate exam. Trade union leaders admit that these may be disrupted in the event of a general strike, but emphasize that solving the situation solely depends on the decisions made by the government and parliament. Education Minister Ligia Deca has already established a membership of the team who will negotiate the collective bargaining contract and said she was convinced solutions would be found. She said the structure of the school year and the education process should not be disrupted in any way and promised to fight for both decent salaries for teachers and for the school year to continue in optimal conditions before the summer break. The main parties in the ruling coalition in Romania, the Social Democratic Party and the National Liberal Party, are preparing to trade leadership posts. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more details in this report written by Sorin Titus Jordan. The Liberal Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca announced he would hand over the post on May the 26th to the leader of the Social Democratic Party, Marcel Tolaku, who in turn is to step down as Speaker of the Chamber of Deputies and take over as Prime Minister until the elections due in 2024. The talks between the Liberals and the Social Democrats regarding the new government are to begin on Wednesday, after both Chuka and Tolaku received flexible negotiation authority from the leading bodies of their respective parties. The Liberals want fewer state secretaries and undersecretaries and want the protocol on which the ruling coalition is based to stay in force. Prime Minister Nikolai Chuka said that unless the protocol remains valid, the Liberals would seek to renegotiate the distribution of all ministry posts. Nikolai Chuka. The National Liberal Party has not asked for anything but to keep the protocol in effect. The National Political Bureau entrusted these negotiations to us and during these negotiations, after we have seen the requests made by the other partners, we will make a decision. If the protocol is discarded, the alternative is to renegotiate all posts in ministries on one condition that I mentioned before, namely to lower the number of ministries and all the posts in the public system, state secretary, undersecretary, agencies, public corporations, and so on. In turn, the Social Democrats want a streamlined cabinet with fewer ministries, state secretaries, and government agencies. The Social Democratic leader announced he would like the right people to be appointed to lead public institutions. Bartel Tolaku
Colegii mei ne-au dat un mandat de a avea, după constituirea noului guvern, o discuție. My fellow party members authorized us to discuss with each minister after the new cabinet has been formed, and especially with the cabinet members who held positions in the previous governmental team, and together with the president of the National Liberal Party, Mr. Nikolai Chuka, to discuss the number and the responsibilities of state secretaries in each ministry, depending on the importance of that particular ministry. What I wish for is to have a cabinet with the right people in the right places. I want this new political approach where the best people become part of the new government. Nikolai Chuka and Martel Cholaku emphasized that they want the Democratic Union of Ethnic Hungarians in Romania to stay in the ruling coalition, after its officials warned that the party would leave the government if they lost any positions following the changeover. The political basis for this prime minister rotation is an agreement signed in November 2021 with the establishment of the National Coalition for Romania, which comprises the Social Democrats, the Liberals and the ethnic Hungarians in Romania, and which is supported by the parliamentary group representing ethnic minorities. It is for the first time in Romania's post-1989 history when a prime minister rotation takes place. And this wraps up today's newscast on Radio Romania International. Don't forget you can also follow us online at rri.ro and on Facebook. Time now for Song of the Day. We now invite you to listen to Liviu Teodorescu, one of the most active Romanian artists nowadays. Here he is now on the microphone with a song simply entitled Power. Și după toate, uite, chiar se întâmplă Mi-au zis aseară îngerii la tâmplă Că viața mea va deveni ceva mai mult Când viața mea nu vom mai fi doar doi și atât De acum încolo vom fi de la trei sus Și ne vom bucura de fiecare pus Puțin altfel decât am mai făcut-o De acum nu o să mai văd lumea doar prin ochii mei O să văd cum crește lin prin ochii lui sau ei Hai Doamne, dă-mi putere să fiu unul mai bun Pentru sufletul curat care se naște acum Hai Doamne, dă-mi putere să aleg să fiu mereu Tot ce-și Cât am fost vreodată 
Când mă gândesc la cuvântul tată Puțin altfel decât am mai făcut-o Dar nu o să mai văd lumea doar prin ochii mei O să văd cum trebuie listening to Radio Romania International. Society Today societal feature I am calling Kotsoyu. Climb Again in Bucharest is a sports club founded and managed by Claudiu Miu, former free climbing champion. It is an athletic club started in 2014, which offers free climbing therapy for children and youth with disabilities, such as sight impairment, hearing impairment, physical disabilities, or autism spectrum issues. At Climb Again, Civic action is supported by regular people. More to the point, the payments and the subscriptions for regular clients go towards paying for treatment for youth with disabilities. Razvan Nedu, a trainer with Climb Again, told us about the therapeutic benefits of free climbing. It's a sport that obligates to this is a sport that forces you to be in the moment, to be there, to understand exactly what is happening with your body. It makes you aware of the limiting fears you have or create for yourself, which may you may not even realize you have, or that this can be an easy thing to do if you stop being afraid. It makes you trust people and learn to communicate with them. Because free climbing is a sport where one person climbs, the other secures them with a rope, keeps them safe. So this is a team sport for people with disabilities as well as with regular people. Free climbing is a sport where the climb is standardized, but people's abilities differ. You may be taller, stronger, more flexible, You may or may not be able to see, you have paralysis, or you miss an arm or a leg. You learn to get by in your own way. You learn to adapt to what your body is able to do in order to make that climb. It's exactly like real life. You have to do things for yourself. Contrary to popular belief, free climbing is not an extreme sport. It means climbing a rock wall or an indoor wall with no tools, 
trying to make it to the top without falling, as long as the climber and their partner adhere to all the safety features. The risk is zero, but that is not all. For people with disabilities, the physical and psychological benefits can be great. Here is Razvan Nedu explaining. The focus is not on what you cannot do. If you can't see the grip points, someone will tell you where they are. If you can't lift a leg enough, we either work on your flexibility or find another way to position your hands which makes things easier. This is very much about finding solutions. People with disabilities see these problems and they don't find solutions. They get stopped in their track by seeing too many barriers, too many shortfalls. In climbing you have a lot of problems. You have various paths that you have to climb and solve and they force you to find solutions. And this gets carried over into real life. If you start finding solutions for a climb, there is no way that it is limited to one or two hours a week of climbing. You can't find solutions only there and not find solutions for yourself in the rest of your life. In free climbing, youth with disabilities gain courage in their strengths and have an escape from the glass cage they are often in, afraid that they may not be able to adapt to a sometime hostile natural or social environment. At the same time, climbing shoulder to shoulder with regular kids, they understand that they are no less than their peers. Razvan, who speaks next, was one such kid, a living example. Almost seven years ago, Climb Again had a tour with a mobile climbing wall, visiting schools for the visually impaired, and they came to my high school. Back then I wanted to exercise, and I was doing so, and I liked climbing. It was more attractive than a fitness gym. I wanted to do that, but I liked climbing much better, and I kept at it. And when I went up a rock wall for the first time, I was totally hooked. I can't say that I had special skills or that I stood out. Claudio, the Climb Again founder and the coach of the team, told me I should go to competitions, see what they are like. And I did. My performance was nothing special at first, but I really wanted to grow. And grow he did. Razvan Nedu, as you probably realized by now, is our visually impaired host, and severely so. Doctors say that his vision is about 1% of normal. During the day, he told us, everything looks like abstract art, meaning he can make out light and shadow, and he can realize what is going on around him only by extrapolation. At night, everything is black with white dots. He loves going around to schools for the visually impaired to teach people to use the white cane. But ever since his discovered free climbing, he cannot imagine life without it. He is now a coach at Climb Again for all kinds of clients with disabilities or without. He is a member of the national paraclimbing team. He has a multitude of medals and cups won in paraclimbing championships. He has climbed on the Mont Blanc, the Elbrus, the Aconcagua, and the Matterhorn. And he told us that all you need to succeed in this sport is consistency. You have been listening to Society Today.
coming up next on Radio Romania International. Visit Romania. Welcome to Visit Romania. I'm Ana Maria Popescu and today I invite you on a trip to a mountain village nearly 150 kilometers from Bucharest, Poiana Țapului. Although over the years it was either a self-administered village or incorporated in several different resorts in the area, including Sinaia, Predal and Bushtein, since mid-20th century, it has been a part of the town of Bushtein in Prahova County. Poiana Tsapului is a small resort with a climate that makes it perfect for good rest, for recharging one's batteries, and for treating anxiety or physical and mental exhaustion. Liviu Vasiliu, the owner of a guest house in the area, extends an invitation. Poiana Tsapului Tsarum de Bas plin de păduri virgine, superb în peisaje, locul de unde poți pleca într-o călătorie de vis către cascada urlă. is a fairy tale area with old growth forests and breathtaking scenery. It may be the starting point for a trip to the Urlătoarea Falls or to the Cantacuzino Palace and Estate, which are beautiful and well-preserved. Tourists may also walk to the natural trout farm, which is very close to the Prahova River. We are waiting for you. The Poiana Tsapului flag station is a unique train station in Prahova with architecture of German inspiration. The area is also famous for the fact that King Ferdinand had a residence here somewhere on the National Road, perched away in a small forest. One other element connecting the resort to the Royal House of Romania is that the park in Poiana Tsapului is the burial place of Wilhelm Kremitz, King Ferdinand's personal physician. As mentioned before, Poiana Tsapului is the starting point to some of the country's most scenic hiking routes. Among the most popular is the one to Urlatoara Falls, a dirt trail marked by a blue dot, which can be completed in one hour. Another trail, starting at the end of Mihai Bravo Street, takes tourists to Poiana Stâni for an uphill two-hour hike. Poiana Stâni is where King Carol I and Queen Marie used to walk and organize village feasts. If you walk up for another 15 minutes, you get to a vista point called the Franz Josef Cliffs. The spot offers an unrivaled panoramic view of the Prahova Valley. Legend has it that King Carol I brought Emperor Franz Josef of Austria here, and the latter was stunned at the beauty of the Carpathians. From here you may climb further towards the Bucic Plateau, or you can walk down to Sinaia on the Royal Pathway. This has been our invitation to Romania this week. In the meantime, we wish you good weather and great trips.
next in this program. Sports. Hello, this is Daniel Bilz at the microphone. The domestic volleyball championship has just ended in Romania with the country's cup finals held in Pitești last weekend. The winner was CSM Lugos, which won the trophy for the first time in the club's history. Lugos outperformed CSM Turgoviște 3-1 on Sunday and also secured a 3-2 win against the defending champions Voli Alba Blaj in the semis on Sunday. It was a very good season for the side in Lugos, which secured the country's cup and super cup trophies and also played in the finals of the Challenge Cup. Dan Brudiu, president of CSM Lugos, told us more on these performances. We had an extraordinarily difficult match in autumn when we eliminated the representative of Turkey, a first for a Romanian volleyball side. As you may know, Turkey, Italy, Russia and Poland are the countries with the best volleyball sides in Europe. And so is Serbia. So the match against the representative of Turkey was a crucial stage in our European performance. We also managed to outperform the vice-champions of Portugal, Kairos Ponta Delgada, and two extremely strong sides, Beverham of Belgium, a former CEV Cup winner, and particularly Zedinstovo Stara Pazova, the incumbent champions of Serbia, which we managed to defeat in the semis. The finals against Kerry was a real slice and it was an honour to put up such a great performance in front of more than 4,000 fans in Turin. Like I said, it was a great opportunity of putting up such a high-quality show. Romania's men volleyball side is presently in a full training campaign in Brasov, central Romania, in an attempt to get in good shape for their Golden League matches. They will have their first away match against Portugal on May the 27th. They will take on Denmark in an away match on the 31st of May and on Turkey four days later. Romania will be playing their last three games at home in Brasov on the 10th of June against Turkey, four days later against Denmark and against Portugal on the 18th of June. In the end, we remind you that you can revisit this report on the internet at rri.ro as well as on the station's Facebook profile. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Next up in this broadcast is truly Romanian. Welcome. I'm Lucam Narasmian, and today I'll take you to Hunedoara County in Transylvania to listen to the songs of Mariana Angel. She was born on May 16, 1966, in the village of Kalanul Mik, which is crossed by the river Stray. So, for starters, we invite you to listen to Mariana Angel with a song devoted to this river. Reiule pe malul tău, m-am născut. 
făcut și-am crescut eu Mergeam vara la scăldat Cu toți tinerii din sat Mergeam vara la scăldat Cu toți tinerii din sat Viața noastră de copii Prin o cum alergam De năcazuri nu știam Prin o cum alergam De năcazuri nu știam De copilăria toată și de viața ai curată Next, listen to Mariana Angel with a song entitled There's the Man's House.
Mariana Angel's beautiful voice was discovered when she was a child, and at the age of 12, she became the soloist of the traditional music ensemble in Kolan, her native village. At 14, she started collecting old traditional songs from the village elderly, and at 16, she received the grand prize at an important traditional music festival. In 1982, Mariana Angel takes the big step in her artistic career through the first video recordings on TV. Let's listen next to a song called I Am Beautiful, That's True. After the December 1989 revolution, Mariana Angel attended the Faculty of Ethnomusicology at the University in Bucharest. She remains closely connected to everything that is authentic, spiritual and sacred in the area of Romanian folklore and keeps in her heart with love and respect the simple, educated and wise man from the countryside. In the end of Truly Romanian today, listen to Mariana Angel with the song Sing, Fiddler, Sing. Să 
Living Romania. Coming up next. Happening in Romania. Hello and welcome to a fresh installment in the Happening in Romania series with me, Lucramiara Simeon. Generation Z candidates are becoming more active on the job market and employers are increasingly feeling their impact on the current work model. Year after year, the young people of Generation Z account for an increasing percentage of the working population, although the unemployment rate among them remained at 22.2% in the first three months of 2023, according to the National Institute of Statistics. At the same time, on the best jobs online recruitment platform, young people between 18 and 24 represent 20% of all candidates and make approximately 100,000 applications per month. Candidates aged 18 to 24 predominantly apply for internships and entry-level jobs in sales, marketing, finance, and IT, with 40% of them stating that their first job was not in the field they studied, as shown by the latest Best Job survey. Their first impression about the job market was that salaries for their experience level are very low, according to 64% of Generation Z respondents to the Best Job survey. Moreover, they believe that the work environment is stressful for them, that bosses have too high expectations, and that the workload is substantial. Most of them intended to stay at their first job for one to two years to gain experience and improve their CVs. However, if they experience dissatisfaction, 52% of them plan to address their superiors in the hope of seeing changes. 31% will try to adapt, 11% will resign, and 6% will try to negotiate for a higher salary. In their efforts to find the right job, young people have found that communication and digital skills are essential. Among those who have recently joined the workforce, 72% say that most of their colleagues are from other generations, and 54% have noticed that there are big differences in how other generations approach work. Opinions are divided among employees over 25, who have younger colleagues on their team. On the one hand, they appreciate that by working alongside people from Generation Z, they have new visions, that they can learn from their way of life, and that they can stay adapted to trends. On the other hand, young colleagues also prove to them that it is difficult for them to follow the strict work schedule, that they are not always responsible for their tasks, and that they do not get involved much in the activities aimed at increasing team cohesion. You are listening to Radio Romania International. You are listening to Happening in Romania. Employers themselves expect certain challenges in recruiting young talent. Among the most frequently mentioned challenges are the lack of professional training and the need to allocate greater resources to their training, too high demands in relation to their level of experience, and more difficult adaptation to the work environment compared to experienced colleagues. 
However, they also see advantages, among which they mention the wish and energy to learn new things, the positive impact on colleagues regarding current technological trends, and new approaches to work. The survey was conducted between April and May among 1,997 Internet users, of whom 55% were employees under the age of 25, 30% were employees over the age of 25, and 15% were recruiters. The Romanian film Man and Dog had its premiere in Stockholm on May 10th in the presence of director Stefan Constantinescu and actress Ofelia Popi. The Romania-Bulgaria-Sweden-Germany co-production is a story about love and exile, structured in the form of a film noir, in which the sensations of paranoia, absurd humor and feeling of an imminent catastrophe intertwine. The action takes place at the height of the health crisis caused by the coronavirus, when the main character, Doru, decides to return to Romania, abandoning his job in Sweden. Together with his mother's dog, he seeks to confirm his suspicions about his wife's infidelity. The director, Stefan Constantinescu, is passionate about film, photography and painting. Ofelia Popi, an actress with the Radu Stanka Theatre in Sibiu, also played in numerous film productions. The actress has recently won the Gapo Award, one of the most important cinematographic distinctions in Romania, for Best Supporting Actress in the role of Nicoletta in the film Man and Dog. The filming took place in Romania and Sweden. The International Documentary Film Festival Dokaviv 2023 is taking place between May 11th and 20th at the Tel Aviv Cinematheque. For this year's edition, the Israeli organizers have selected the feature film by the Romanian director Vlad Petri Between Revolutions. Its first screening was on May 11th and was followed by a question-and-answer session and a panel dedicated to the use of archive materials in the making of documentaries. The second screening will take place on May 19th, also at the Tel Aviv Cinematheque. The Romanian feature film, winner of the Fipresci Award, is one of the 28 titles selected for the main program of the Forum section of the Berlin International Film Festival 2023 from over 2,000 films from around the world. Vlad Petri is a film director interested in political and social issues. His films on the border between documentary and fiction have been presented at prestigious international film festivals such as Berlin, Rotterdam, Sarajevo, or Zihlava. He won three GAPO awards for Best Debut in 2015 for the documentary Bucharest, Where Are You?, and the Best Documentary Short Film, 2021, The Deer Passed in Front of Me, and 2022, The Same Dream. The Romanian Cultural Days, a festival organized by the Association for Intercultural Dialogue, EU Reflect, takes place in Stuttgart between May 5th and 21st. The program includes a total of 27 events and can be found on the Association's website. The Association Balada Culture Center, organized on June 24th on the premises of the Pueblo de Asturias Museum in Gijón, the first edition of the festival competition of authentic folk costumes 
the Transylvanian Trophy. The festival presents authentic folk costumes, folk dances and music, as well as Romanian gastronomy. Registration for the contest is free and will be open until May 31st, 2023. The Bucharest City Hall collects books for Romanian children and teenagers abroad through the Tiny Tots Library Program, a community and voluntary initiative for non-formal education. The institution reported that it received donations until June 1st. The general mayor of Bucharest, Nicu Jordan, invites people to donate books that will reach the diaspora from all over Europe so that we can contribute to the promotion of reading in Romanian from a young age and to increase the children's interest in books. The Tiny Tots Library was born in Prague in 2021 and the concept then expanded to several cities with Romanian communities in Europe. The Romanian short film The Cradle, directed by Paul Mureșan, will be screened at the 10th edition of the European Union Short Film Festival in Canada with the support of the Romanian Cultural Institute and the Romanian Embassy in Ottawa. The film will be presented in the section The Roles We Play on May 26th at the Art Gallery in the Canadian capital. The short film presents a story about the consequences of domestic violence and alcoholism on families with an old Romanian lullaby performed by Maria Tanase in the background. This year's edition presents short films from 22 member states of the EU bloc. The European Union Short Film Festival in Canada takes place on May 26th and 27th. And that's all from happening in Romania. From me, La Cremiora Simeon, it's goodbye now. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Next in this program, we invite you to stay tuned for Daniela Kondurake, a very talented traditional music vocalist from Northern Romania. Ra 
Stau mare, stau mare Și fișorii stau deoparte Că stare spărieți Că nu-i jocul să-l tăreți Când eu așa-mi priaște Și m-am vârtit bărbăteaște Când eu așa-mi priaște Din o dată la o parte Să mă joace și ne poate Din o dată la o parte Să mă joace și ne poate And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 17 UTC on 13,750 kHz in the DRM system and on 15,180 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs, tomorrow, at 11 UTC on 15,320 and 17,670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet, at www.rri.ro, channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.